Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <clears throat> Here we go. Mikey likes you, yes, it's true. I am Mikey, I like you. I want you to be happy and so buff. So sit back, relax, and listen to this stuff, because it's Mikey likes you. Hoo-hoo. Mikey likes you, yes, it's true. I know about stupid stuff that you should probably listen to, so don't be a fucking dick. And email me or tweet me and tell me that I'm wrong because I don't claim to be a doctor or a scientist or anything important. I'm just an asshole who's been through things like you and I can probably relate to you. So don't think I am a condescending prick who's telling you how to live your life. It's just that I won't judge you because I've been there before. So suck my balls. Ah. Woo! Well, I mean... Don't suck my balls. Like, it's a little aggressive. <clears throat> so we are going to do a podcast. Welcome to Mikey Likes You. Uh, best podcast about health and fitness. You know why? Because it includes everything. Everything that is mandatory to live a healthy, happy life. And that means spiritual health. That means mental health. And, of course, your physical fitness. Um, you know, I'll, I will reiterate that, uh, you know, what I said in the, in the intro song, which will probably, probably be a little different every single time. Custom theme song, Bizatch. Um, I'm not a doctor. I am not a scientist. I am not classically qualified to give you any advice on things about, um, you know, biological components that go into health and things like that. But, you know, I am geeky about it. And more importantly, I've, I've been down that road. Um, every episode, we will base it around kind of the framework that I see, the other health and fitness podcasts that I like. Um, you know, guys like Ben Greenfield comes to mind. Um, I think Stan Efferding does a, an excellent one. Mark Bell's Power Podcast, eh, Power Project. Um, I will talk to you first, open up the show, and just kind of give you some insight into what's going on in my life and what I think is relevant and kind of water cooler talk about health and fitness stuff. Um, maybe give you some studies, interesting stuff that I found in my endless, endless time that I put into researching this stuff because I, I am geeky about it. But then uh, I will go into the interview portion, typically, um, because I, I plan on having guests, people that I trust, people that I believe in, people that I think you should hear from. Um, but today, episode number one, I think it's really important that I first give you background about me and why I'm doing this podcast, why you should listen. You know, I, I, there's so many podcasts out there. Certainly, the health and fitness world is flooded. Um, it's an oversaturated market. I know that going in. But I do think I offer something different and better and in, in many ways better. You know, and not to sound arrogant, I just I really believe in myself when it comes to this stuff for a lot of reasons. One, um, I get hundreds, that's not hyperbole, hundreds of DMs, uh, tweets, 
comments um, about health and fitness stuff, um, fat loss, the average stuff. Hey, dude, how do I put on 20 pounds of muscle? Hey, man, how do I get my bench press up? Hey, man, um, but uh, how do I lose weight before my wedding? But I get a lot of them that are a little bit more serious, and that means a lot to me. You know, not to sound corny, but I get a lot of questions about uh, recovery, addiction, relationships, stuff like that. And um, for those of you that don't know, I'm probably most well-known to the lion's share of people for hosting Loveline um, with Dr. Drew Pinsky. Um, the flagship station here in, in L.A. is K-Rock, but, you know, it went out over a ton of markets and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, it was an advice show, and I built up a little bit of trust in people because, like I said, I may not know it with my left brain, but I've been down that road. And if I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit, it would be by saying, I don't judge you. I can't judge you. Who am I to judge you no matter what you do, barring the wildly exceptional, okay? So don't, you don't judge people who are pedophiles? Well, yeah, of course. But I meant in general, most normal people, I, I don't judge you because I spent the overwhelming majority of my life being a piece of shit. Not a, not a dangerous to society piece of shit, but just a real loser. I spent a lot of time drinking for breakfast and searching through shag carpet for little teeny pieces of crack rocks for lunch. And that's not an exaggeration. You know, I, I've, uh, I was a desperate drug addict and alcoholic, and, you know, I still am. Luckily, by the grace of God, however you see him or her or it, I have put in the work, and I've been sober now 18 years. But I've been there. I've been a guy who has uh, been ashamed to look at myself in the mirror because of my physical appearance. I've been a guy who's been ashamed to look at myself in the mirror because of my behavior. I'm disappointed in who I am. Waking up in the morning knowing that I can't stand myself because I didn't live up to what I knew to be sound moral standards, ethical standards, my own personal standards. Um, and so, you know, I've worked hard to kind of rectify that. And I've had some success. And I have a really great life. And I'm not saying that to, to rub salt in the wound for you out there who is struggling. I'm saying that because it's, it's possible. It really is. If there's one piece of advice I would give you Overall, honestly, it's that no matter who you are or where you are, real, gratifying, visceral enjoyment in life is possible for you. I know it's true. There was nobody who was as hopeless as I was. Well, that's not, that's not true. Um, you know, there's people who grew up with much worse um, 
resources available to them, much more standards than I had. I grew up in a, in a relatively affluent neighborhood here in Los Angeles with parents that loved me and had money to feed me, and I never was wanting. But, uh, you know, by the time I was 19 or 20, I was utterly convinced that it was better off, I'd be better off dead. Not to get too dramatic, but, you know, like, I was just someone who didn't really have any light at the end of my tunnel. I was a loser. I was uneducated. I barely graduated high school. I had no real discernible skills. And I had no motivation to go on with my life. And getting clean was crucial and probably the largest component to me rearranging my life. Now, getting clean doesn't exist in a vacuum. There was a lot of things that go into getting sober and staying sober that aren't ju- that, that really aren't related to not using and not drinking. There was a, a, a real emphasis on overhauling who I was from the inside out. And weightlifting, physical fitness and weightlifting in particular was huge it was absolutely huge in making me feel like a different person it was the first time that i could really see tangible evidence of of self-control and belief in myself and resilience and 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 continuing to go back to something that was providing me adversity and the thing you know the honestly the the thing about physical fitness, um, regardless of what it is, whether it's, um, you know, you're, you're a marathon runner or you're a crossfitter or you're a power lifter or you're a bodybuilder, whatever it is. The thing about the physical fitness stuff is that you're not doing it for a paycheck. You're not doing it because a judge tells you to, you're not doing it because your parents expect you to, you're not doing it because, um, you know, some coworker tells you that you need to have this project done, but no, it is you. You say, I'm going to do this. I'm in control. I'm subjecting myself to this level of adversity. And I know that if I continue to do it, I can get better. And I felt so, I felt so good about myself for the first time, you know, making, making that transition into doing it and really making the, um, making the decision to take care of myself mentally, emotionally, and physically. And, if you think that you can have real mental and spiritual and emotional health without the physical, you're wrong, and vice versa. If you think you can be physically fit, really physically fit, without tending to your mental health and your emotional health, then you're wrong. It's uh, the body, this, this us, this usness, this soul, you as a person, your complete package, it's a comprehensive unit, and I will tell you firsthand, because I've been there and I've experienced it. I've been shredded and felt really good about my body, but was not tending to myself emotionally and, 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 and spiritually, and I was empty, and I was angry, and I was miserable. I've been, you know, certainly around the time uh, my daughter was born, I've been really in a good place, I think, emotionally, um, but psychologically and physically, I was letting myself go and I paid the price, and I was miserable. It wasn't until I really started putting gas, tank, gas in the tanks of everything that I, I started to see some real 
happiness and success. So, um, you know, that's the that's the the advice I will impart to you. And I know I'm bloviating, and I'll get to the the meat of the show. But like I said, I just wanted to give you some background on me for those of you who are tuning in and not at all familiar with me or uh, as a, as an entertainer, as a person. Um, that's me in a nutshell. I'm a guy. I'm 40 years old. I've I've had a pretty weird life, and um, I'm I'm a very average person. Um, and I and I don't say that to be self-deprecating. I say that because I'm not genetically gifted in any way. I'm not particularly special. I'm not some successful entertainer. I'm a, I I I'm a dude. I'm a dude that um is has insecurities and character flaws and and shortcomings, just like all of you out there. And I'm trying my best to deal with them in what I think is a healthy way. And um, I haven't always done that correctly. And sometimes I have. And so I just wanted to uh, impart that because I'm not doing this podcast for clicks. I'm not doing it for downloads. I'm not doing it for financial um, gain. Um, All those things, if they were to come, would be fantastic. And I'm not going to lie to you and say that that's not something I'm interested in. But my main motivation, my main motivating factor in doing this is because I truly like it. I get a overwhelming feeling of euphoria when I answer someone on a DM on Instagram or, or Twitter or something and they write back and they say, man, it really means a lot that you took the time to do that. And I love I, I really appreciate the advice you've given me or, you know, every every once in a while, not to not to get too sappy and stuff, but, you know, every once in a while, be, I'll get these DMs um, w- with with some frequency that are like, hey, I've been sober 90 days. I've been sober two years and. I couldn't have done it without Loveline. I couldn't have done it without you and the and the message you gave me in in 2012 or something. And and I, I said, this feels awesome. Why not do this on a larger scale? And that is how Mikey likes you came about. So that is that. We will now move on to the next segment uh, that you can expect to find on this podcast, and that is where I kind of discuss the stuff that you most likely are chit-chatting around already. The stuff that is uh, pressing in the world of health and fitness, mental health and all that stuff too. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind um, right now is Game Changers, man. Game Changers is, wow, that, that documentary, there hasn't been many documentaries that have had this kind of impact because everybody seems to be talking about Game Changers, man. Even, you know, not even on the chat rooms and the forums and all that. I mean, just in my life, like parents of kids that go to I go to school with will be waiting for our I'll be waiting for my daughter to get out of school. And they're like, hey, man, you watch Game Changers, man. You do Arnold plant based. Can you believe it? Yeah. Beet juice. Yeah. And, you're, you know, look, let me let me give it to you real. OK. I'm a meat eater. I believe in the value of eating meat, but. I also know that if you want to be vegan, you absolutely can get all the gains, all the performance benefits that any meat eater can get. If you want to be vegan, do vegan. If you want to be plant-based, do it. Just let's not try to make meat out to be bad for you. That is not true. Game Changers, first and foremost, is a form of entertainment. It is not a study. It is not a, a, a it's not a research paper from the New England Journal of Medicine. Game Changers is a movie. 
It's a documentary, but it's a movie, and its number one purpose is to entertain. And there is a lot of claims in there that are just fucking crazy and dumb and not true. Now, I'm saying that. Does that mean that game that, that veganism is wrong or veganism is, uh, veganism is bad or that I'm going to tell you to eat meat? No. There's a lot of value to plant-based diets. There's a lot of value to veganism. I just wish that the movie would highlight those instead of perpetuating just bullshit for the sake of bullshit. Uh, the guy who drinks beet juice and then gets a 19% boost in his weightlift, oh, absolute strength, impossible! Do you understand if there was a, a, any, any supplement or drug or substance that you could get a 19% increase in performance, there would be fucking famine for beets because the Russians and the Chinese and a handful of Americans would buy all beets, would make synthetic beet factories because that would be the greatest performance-enhancing supplement that's ever existed by Fucking far. Conor McGregor gassed out because he was eating steaks, but Nate Diaz, oh, he was, he's a vegan and he lasted like, st- shut the fuck up. Conor McGregor gassed out because he's an explosive fast twitch striker and he was not prepared to go into a fight with a guy who could fucking go distance. Nate Diaz got cracked, fucking smacked with Conor's dynamite explosive nuclear bomb left hand and he took it and connor was not at all accustomed to that and nate took him into deep waters and he kept coming back and nate diaz like his brother if any you know anything about fighting which the game changers documentary makers don't he has a very um measured approach to fighting He's not, he's not gassing out. He's not swinging for the fences, going for the knockouts. He and his brother, Nick Diaz, are constantly peppering you over and over again. And they're cardio kings. They, they're triathletes. They really devote themselves to cardio. And they're not trying to blast you like Connor is with that one you know, left-handed uh, touch of death, as Faraz Zahabi calls it. He's just going boom, boom, almost in an aerobic way. Pop, 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 pop. Distance, dance. Pop, 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 pop. What, bitch? What, bitch? Stockton slap. Bam. And he took Connor into deep waters, and Connor is not that type of athlete. That's why he gassed. It doesn't matter what the fuck they ate, okay? So, you know, that, that, those are just a couple examples of encapsulating what I mean by this is a documentary that, that is made to tantalize you. It's not supposed to be the, for you to uh, construct your diet around, okay? But then again, I'm also there's, – there's amazing vegan athletes, and if you're doing vegan for moral reasons – my hat's off to you. I support it. Even though I'm a meat eater, I believe in the value of meat. If you don't eat animals because you can't stand being an accomplice to factory farming and, uh, and all that, I support you, and I think that is really, really amazing. I really do. That's, that's fantastic. But if you're eating vegan because you think that it is somehow superior to a healthy, balanced diet, you are wrong. Okay? You are wrong. And I don't, you know, I'll get into it a little bit more later, but um, I have a real problem with these all-or-nothing diets. But again, I will get into that all 
later after the Q&A because there is another segment where I, I just rant about something that's bugging me in the, uh, in the health and fitness world. All right, let's move on to the uh, Q&A portion. And let me thank every single one of you who submitted questions because, um, God, I was just overwhelmed. I put out a tweet. I put out an Instagram post um, asking for questions. At Mike Catherwood is my f- uh, my main Instagram. At uh, uh, Mikey Likes You One, the number one, for both Instagram and Twitter for the show. Uh, from my friend Dave, the King of Mexico Sanchez, is there anything to take prior to sleep that can help your metabolism? Yes, um, yes, there is. Um, I I've found uh, just. Anecdotally, I've used it. I will be open. I've used it, and also I've seen a lot of studies that have shown efficacy with the peptide CJC-1295 and uh, combining it with ipamorelin, which is also a, uh, a peptide. I can get, go down the, the list of what peptides are in comparison to actual growth, growth hormone and blah, blah, blah. It's not worth it. There are these things called peptides. You need a doctor's prescription to get them, but they are effective, and they have, in most long-term studies, at least some of the peptides, shown to be pretty safe. Um, and CJC-1295 and epimoralin, they are growth hormone in analogs, and so it's not actual human growth hormone, but they stimulate the pituitary gland to create more growth hormone, and they will give you a little bit of metabolic boost, and they're kind of designed to take before bed. Um, I've seen people who, uh, who have dosed them throughout the day, but uh, a lot of people take them right before bed, which is what I did when I was using it, and it'll help you with deep sleep, help with growth hormone, um, a, a growth hormone increase, and subsequently, it will give you a little bit of metabolic boost. Now, that is not in any way going to make up for a bad diet or a lack of training, okay? That's not. There's no supplement that does. Even anabolic steroids. Nothing exists. Nothing. There's no free lunch. That's another thing I'd like to impart to you. Anybody who tells you there is, anybody who tells you there's a way to bypass um, long-term, prolonged hard work and, and, and attention to your diet, that's just not true, Okay? And there's no supplement. There's things that help. Creatine's great. Certainly, anabolic steroids are great. Growth hormone is great as far as effectiveness. I'm not, I'm not sponsoring them. I'm not uh, giving you the thumbs up to do any of them. I'm just telling you, look, they work. There's things that work. Uh, the ephedrine-caffeine combo works. Clenbuterol works, you know. But nothing works in and of itself. There's nothing you can do that where you just take it and continue to have fast food all day and eat in a caloric surplus and train like shit and expect to get results. Okay, that you, you got to have the framework before you can start decorating your house. I would love to hear your perspective. This is from Seth Newton. Hello, Newt Dog Twenty Three. I would love to hear your perspective about exercise versus diet and the balance between the two. Do you track your diet and how? Listen to you on Kevin and Bean, and you are weighing your food. Do you still do this? Can't wait to listen. Truly appreciate it. Um, I do. Um, I've spent a lot of time uh, tracking my calories and macros. Do I think that is essential for everyone? Absolutely not. Let me t- let me break this down. This is a first off. This is a very good question. Thank you, Seth Newton. We are not the same. You and me. You and your boyfriend, you and your wife, you and your son, we're all different. We are, I know uh, some of you 
Um, Uber right-wingers hate to admit it, but look, we really are snowflakes. And human metabolism is not a cut-and-dry monolith. I will give you uh, an example. About 2004, 2005, I was doing a bodybuilding contest, and I was training with a friend of mine also named Mike, Mike Salcido. If you're out there listening, uh, hi, hi, Mike. I haven't talked to you in a while. He's a good dude. Mike Salcido. Um, we are about the same height, about the same build. He was naturally a lot leaner than I was. He was a track and field athlete, and he was just a leaner dude. But we were both about 5'10", 185. And we worked with the same uh, trainer, the same coach, Alessandro Comadina, a, a, a real genius, a guy I owe a lot to as far as like education uh, in nutrition and, and training. Alessandro Comadina was a former Italian IFBB pro. That means he's a pro bodybuilder, for those of you who don't know. But he was, uh, at the time, in his mid to late 40s. He was retired, but he was a, a wealth of knowledge. And he was training both Mike Salcido and I. Now, getting about four to five weeks away from the contest where we're really dialing it in to make sure that we get that last you know, bit of fat and the, the, the last bit of water pulled out of our bodies, the whole thing. I was eating about 40 to 50 grams of carbohydrates a day and training hard. Mike Salcido, again, about the same size as me, exact same age as me, exact same gender as me, so everything kind of, all the factors going in were the same. Mike Salcido eating about 250, 300 grams of carbohydrates a day. What does that mean to you? It means that we aren't, you can't just say, well, I'm going to adopt this diet. I'm going to follow Mike Catherwood's diet, and it's going to work for me. I'm going to follow Dexter Jackson's diet. It's going to work for me. I'm going to follow Jillian Michaels' diet. It's going to work for me. That's not, that's not how it works. We are very intricate machines, and we all have our own needs. And people always ask me, what's the best diet, man? What's the, best op what's the most optimal diet? Diet that you'll do and you'll stick to and the diet that works for you. I mean it. The diet that works for you. If you're keto, if you really like meat and high fat, you function better on that way, awesome. You're maybe pretty carb sensitive and, you know, lots of carbs and stuff and doesn't really keep you energized. It makes you kind of tired and drowsy and going on keto for a couple of weeks, you know, wow, I feel this energy. I feel my brain going, going uh, you know, in, into extraterrestrial territory, man. I've never been this clear thinking. Okay, do it, man. You do that. Are you a, uh, a vegan? Vegan really works out for you. You don't really like meat. You don't really like uh, dairy products, but you know you don't mind preparing the lentils and the, the brown rice and all that shit, whatever, you know, whatever uh, a solid vegan diet is. If that works for you, you get, you get uh, benefits out of that. You do that. Just like in life, dieting is the same. There is no right or wrong. There is right for you. There is wrong for you. There's a, there's a handful, and I mean a handful, maybe three real no ifs, ands, or buts rules. But outside of that, it's, it's do what you got to do. Dieting is like building a house, and the diet you use is the tools. It doesn't matter if – here is a better example. You ever watch those uh, tree-chopping-down competitions? Unlike, you know, ESPN 11 at 4 in the morning. Well, there's dudes that try to chop down these trees in, uh, and, and some ladies that try to chop down these trees in a, in a, in a, in a race. They're going to see who can chop down this gigantic tree the fastest. Well, 
Somebody uses like a reciprocating saw, one of those big long saws. Like, wrong, drink, wrong, drink. Some dudes use an axe. It doesn't. It's like what works for you. What works for you to get that tree down? Dieting's the same way. If you want to lose weight, you got to be in a caloric deficit. If it's easier for you to be in a caloric deficit by intermittent fasting, fast. If it fits your lifestyle, fast. Man, I I like it. I enjoy it. But if you are someone who really, my wife burns out, man. She if she doesn't eat every couple hours, she she burns out. If that works for you, do it. Whatever you can do to get your protein up to a certain level and stay in a caloric deficit, that is going to be what helps you lose weight. Don't let anybody tell you any different. And if that means you're vegan, fine. If that means you intermittent fast, fine. If that means you eat eight times a day, fine. If that means you are keto or carnivore, it doesn't fucking matter. It just matters that you get your protein to a certain level and that your caloric intake is attuned to your goal. If your goal is to lose weight, caloric deficit. If your goal is to gain weight, caloric surplus. Honestly, it's that simple. And there's that that's not open for debate. There's going to be a lot of people out there trying to sell you their diet program that will argue with me. Don't let them. All of those diets are right. All of those diets are wrong. It's about finding the one which plugs into your lifestyle and the one that you will continue to do because there is no diet that is a four-week, get-quick, ripped thing. Dieting is about longevity as much as it's about sustainability as much as it's about anything. You know, that that's my only problem. I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big meat eater and I'm a, I'm a big believer in it. My only problem with the carnivore diet, which a lot of people are adopting right now and, 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 and find a lot of good results with, is that is that really sustainable? Maybe if you're Sean Baker, Dr. Sean Baker, it totally is. Guy loves it. He's eaten nothing but meat for like two years and he's pumped on it. If you're uh, Paul Saladino, another doctor, another guy, I, th- I think is very smart and, and has a, a lot of great information. Uh, it works for him. I, I personally, even though I love meat, I'll, I'll order steak for dessert. I ain't going more than four or five days of nothing but meat. I need an apple. I need an orange. You know, I need some celery. I really do. I love white rice. But to get back to Seth's question, Seth Newton, Newt Dog, um, I do track my calories, and I recommend that you do it as well, unless you are just so far out of the loop that that sounds crazy. If you're 50-plus pounds overweight, you don't need to be tracking your calories and your macros, okay? That we, we, you gotta, uh, you got to walk before you can run. And um, I was talking with Sal um, from Mind Pump, another uh, outlet, another, you know, health and fitness outlet that I definitely recommend. Those guys you can trust. The Mind Pump guys are awesome, all of them. But I was having a personal conversation with Sal. And he was talking about how when he was a personal trainer in the beginning, he was shitty. Because he tried to implement, you know, these, these tenets of health and fitness to every client. And... You can't tell someone to have four or five servings of vegetables and lean protein a day when they haven't had a piece of broccoli in four years. They literally eat zero vegetables and they have Pop-Tarts for breakfast and Jack in the Box for lunch. You know, that person, 
you do not need to be tracking your fucking macros, okay? If you're that person, and if you're listening, you're that person, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm just simply saying this is not for you. This is not for you. You need to take a step back and really start slowly and get in. Start. I want you to walk every day, three, four, ten-minute walks throughout the day, and start by cleaning up your diet. Get three ser- three meals a day. Each meal has at least a little serving of lean proteins and at least a little bit of some plant matter. Start there. You could do that for two or three weeks. Then we can go. And I bet you that alone will make a huge difference. And the only liquid you are drinking is black coffee and water. Even protein shakes and non-fat milk or juice, you know, cold-pressed juices, whatever you guys think out there that is liquid, that is healthy, it's not helping you. It may be healthy, but it's not helping you. Liquid calories are far too quickly digested. They do not do anything for satiety. They do not keep you full. Avoid them all costs. And then once you do that, once you get you get sodas and juices out of your system, then we can start building. You start getting a little leaner. Then we can start thinking about like adding in whey protein, adding in um, you know bone broth, whatever it is. But for at first, step one, stay away from liquid calories. But getting back to um, Seth, again, I do track my macros, and I recommend people do it. If you're, if you're ready to take yourself to the next level, you're saying, hey, I diet. I watch what I eat. I'm pretty good about it. I train. But I, want, I, I still got the little pooch. You know, I've got, I built my chest up. If you're a guy, you, you, know, I got, you know, I got some traps now. I'm down to about 12, 13, 14% body fat. I get it. You know, you've done some, you've done some work. You've stepped your game up. You've changed your lifestyle. You're looking good. Okay. You want to go next level? You got to do what next level people do, and that is track your calories, track your macros. It's not 1998 anymore. Back when I first started, the very first time I ever tracked my macros, tracked my calories, I had to carry around a fucking book, like a little encyclopedia of nutritional facts and calories and shit, and everything I ate, I'd look up in the goddamn book, and I put it down on a notepad, and then tried to add it up with a calculator and keep that in control. I am going to recommend something to you right now. It is called MyFitnessPal. It is a calorie and macro tracker, and it is fucking awesome. You get it on your smartphone. Every single one of you listening has a smartphone, and if you don't, there's something really strange about you. And I'm not saying it's bad, but there's something strange because we most all have a smartphone. Get it, MyFitnessPal. It is, in my opinion, the best digital fitness, uh, excuse me, nutritional tracker. It even has barcode entry. Nine times out of 10, the stuff that I track, I just put the barcode on it and it boop, and it goes right in there. And I put, oh, okay, this is how much it is for one ounce. I'm having six ounces and boom. I weigh my food. I do the barcodes. I do the n- nutritional entry. And then I keep an eye on how much I'm eating. That sounds uh, not fun and horrible. I get it, but it makes you mindful. More so than anything, it makes you mindful, and it really isn't as hard as it sounds. Once you get a, a once you get flowing, it's really easy. And I think that everyone should, at some point, you not forever, but everyone at some point should be weighing and tracking their food. Why? Because all of you, myself included, I'm not throwing stones from an ivory tower. 
I don't know if that's the right f- figure of speech, but we'll run with it. I'm not, you know, condescending on you. I've done it myself. I was blind to how much I was eating. Even when I was really healthy, even when I was really ripped, I was like, oh, I'm getting 250 grams of protein, pretty sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, 2,300 calories. I started tracking. I was like, holy shit. I'm like 3,200 calories. I was way off. I'm only getting 140 grams of protein. Oh, my God. You got to do it, man. Honestly, I know it sounds nerdy. I know it sounds nitpicky. But then if you're not willing to do that, then don't gripe at me that you're not getting the results you want. If you want to get down to 16, 18% for a lady, 12, 14% for a guy, don't, you know, you don't have to do all this stuff. But if you're going to email me, you're going to text me, you're going to DM me, you're going to ask me on the streets, what do I do to get this last five off? What do I do to get my uh, bench press up to this point? What do I do to get bigger? What do I do to get as ripped as you? Blah, 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 blah. What do I do to go next level? This is the shit you got to do. Some guy hit me up on uh, on Instagram. I, I'll find his uh, I'll find his account later. But he was a drummer, and he was asking me kind of a similar question. And I said, "Okay, let me put it into um, let me put it into some type of reference that you would understand." You practice drums three times a week for an hour at a clip. You can get better, right? You get better. You could probably have some fun and get pretty darn good compared to the average fella. Would you expect to be Mike Portnoy or Neil Peart, RIP, who just passed away, uh, or, or, or Stuart Copeland, or, you know, go down the list? Do you expect to be high level with that level of, of input? No! You be like that, you got to really make some sacrifices and compromises. And the same thing goes for, you know, I'm not saying you need to do that. No, you don't need to have a six-pack. You don't need to be four, six, eight percent. You don't. But if you want to, some certain things you got to do. No deposit, no return. Just like a businessman, your, your return on investment is directly proportionate to your investment. Um, if I had to weigh on the scales of justice, diet, and training, diet is way more important. Way more important. Training is huge. It's a huge component, especially for muscles. Um, if you're just talking pure weight loss, um, training's not, not really all that important. And that's irrefutable science. And I know you know I'm right because a lot of you listening train your ass off and run a lot, of, especially endurance athletes. If you are out there running marathons and you still look, are unhappy with how you look, you know I'm telling the truth because exercise and calorie burn is not in any way an efficient or effective way to lose weight. It helps. If you really want to lose weight in a sustainable, healthy way, you got to start. You got to focus on diet. All right, Kevin Dietz, what, in your view, is the optimal human diet? The diet that you'll do. Seriously, not to sound trite, not to sound, uh, you know, dismissive. The diet that you will continually do. The human body is amazing. If there's anything we can learn from, this, from the Blue Zone book when it comes to health and longevity and overall just what humans thrive on is that there was no similarity at all between all these different Blue Zones and their diet. A lot of them ate tons of meat. Some of them ate, were almost completely starch-based. 
some of them ate frequently throughout the day. Some of them ate one or two meals a day. Um, the, the only common thread for those people was caloric restriction. They didn't eat very much, and they moved all day. And they had really, really healthy relationships, and that was important to them. Way more important on their than their fucking carb count or whether or not they were eating mostly fish or omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. No. Caloric restriction. It's the number one thing for overall long-term health. That's why fasting works so well for people like uh, out there who are, you know, everyone's had their mind blown recently by intermittent fasting. Martin Burkhan has been talking about intermittent fasting for, oh, uh, you know, 10, 15 years. Lean Gains. LeanGains.com. Martin Burkhan, another guy who I, I definitely got to tip my cap to. He's taught me a lot. I, I actually worked with the guy under his tutelage. And before that, I was all over Lean Gains. In 2010, I was intermittent fasting. Um, there's some real health benefits. There's some real hunger control benefits. There's a, and it's just, that's the bottom line. We as Americans, most of us, whether you're in the health industry or not, whether you're into fitness or not, we all eat too much. We do. And if you're Mr. Buff Guy and you're listening, you're like, well, I, I have to eat too much because I'm fucking 280 and I'm super. Yeah, most of you, you're fat. Right? Take a step back. Be honest. Yeah, you may have a 650-pound deadlift. You may hit four plates on the bench press for reps. Super impressive. But if you're talking about bulking and muscle mass, and you're also fat. You're 25% body fat. I know because I've been there, and I used it as an excuse to hide behind. I'm going to go, and I'm going to have four double-doubles from in and out uh, because, you know, I got to bulk up, dude. Got to keep the mat. And I got up to 225 pounds. I'm 5'10". But I was fat. I was, I was way strong, way big, but I was fat. My face looked like a big fucking puffy pillow. So don't give me that shit about, oh, well, I have to eat too much because of a, all right, are you a competitive strong man? Are you a competitive power lifter? I'll, fine. I'll eat my words. If not, fuck off. Even if you're a bodybuilder. Most bodybuilders do what's called dirty bulking, and it's stupid. You should be in maybe a 500-calorie surplus of what your basal metabolic rate is, and look to gain 10 pounds of muscle a year. If you did that, that would be unbelievable. That's unbelievable gains. These, these 25 pounds in two months, is, it's stupid. You're not, no one's that, you know, maybe, maybe there's 1% of the world that's ever walked the face of the earth that can handle that kind of growth and, and, and make it, clean and nice you know the, the the dexter jacksons and the phil heaths of the world and you know ronnie coleman but we're not that you know that we're not okay how did young lebron james work on his vertical to get that amazing he had lebron james parents give birth to him the end don't look to freaks of nature as your way of working things okay there's genetic freaks out there. I will give you uh, an example. Carmen Electra came into the Kevin and Bean show, my former place of work. I love Kevin and Bean and everyone there, Omar, Dave, Lisa, Ali, Jensen, 
Christine, hello. I love you guys. I love Kevin and Bean are the greatest. I owe everything to them. But I used to work for them, and I was a part of the Kevin and Bean show. And Ralph Garman, of course. I love you, Ralph. Um, Carmen Electra came in to promote the Starsky and Hutch movie. Very nice lady. And this is, you know, God, 2005-ish, I'm guessing, 2004. She, she couldn't have been hotter. She was so fucking hot, it was, it was um, uncomfortable. But I'm editing some tape in, in the production studio, which also served as the green room for, um, for guests before they go on, on to the show. And I watched her, in about a half hour, have two sodas, regular non-diet sodas, and two bagels. And I go, whoa, you eat like that all the time? She said, yeah, I do. Never work out. It's a, just kind of how I've always been. I always eat whatever I want. Oh, sure enough, if some women's health magazine didn't have Carmen Electra on that month talking about her get fit for summer plan. Get fit for summer, these nuts. Because reality is, you want to have look like Carmen Electra when she was 30, you got to have Carmen Electra's parents give birth to you. The end. And there's just some people that are the 0.5 percenters in that regard. I used to have a friend of mine, Mike Bouchard, a very good guy. He used to run Gasser Lounge in Redondo. If you're from Southern California, you probably know that bar because it fucking kicks ass. But he's a good friend of mine. I love Mike Bouchard. I used to train with him. Mike Bouchard was an insulting cocksucker because Mike Bouchard would exist on Taco Bell and Jack Daniels, and he was shredded. And it, it hurt me. So it hurt me. So he was one of those like beautiful surf punk guys that you just go, fuck you. All the girls loved him. He had six pack abs year round and he just ate bullshit and drank every night. I can't do that. You can't do that. Most likely that's reality. Okay. And some people are genetically gifted. You can't look to them as inspiration for what you can do and get away with. I'm getting back into lifting. Where's a good place to learn the basics? Numbers of reps, amount of weight, how often, basic nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Brady Coates, thank you. Uh, another good question. I recommend Strong Lifts. Um, Strong Lifts 5 by 5 is awesome because it's a, it's a website and it's also an app. And it gets you under a barbell and teaches you pretty good form. You know, they have pretty good, uh, they have pretty good kind of, breakdowns of how to properly lift the main lifts and really that's all you need you don't need um exciting really cool looking instagram training if you're just starting out the one thing you should work on that will benefit everything including your endurance get stronger if you're sitting back right now and it's like i'm so far out of this i'm so i just don't know how to get back into it start getting stronger it's the one aspect of health that will, has carryover into everything. It will help you with your muscle mass. It will help you with fat burning. It will help you with overall endurance. It will help you in every way. Real, actual strength. Do it. Five-by-five five program. They have an app. You can follow along. Even if you've never deadlifted or squatted in your life, it, it can get you started. Here's something I want to throw in, too. Uh, strong lifts. Uh, I believe it's stronglifts.com. I don't know. But stronglifts, 5x5, five five, Google that. It'll come up. Stronglifts, 5x5. Five five, get the app. Follow it to a T. Start off lighter than you think. Okay? 
and, and really progress. Progressive overload. Long-term progressive overload. Don't be in a hurry, okay? You can't be in a hurry. Patience and sustainability, huge factors most people don't talk about. With training, with diet, patience, patience, patience. Sustainability, sustainability. Don't do something that's expedient and is going to give you results this week when it's going to detract from overall long-term results. It will. Uh, I would say Mark Ripito is another guy you should definitely listen to when it comes to getting started in strength training. Brad Schoenfeld, another great guy, because Brad will give you great information on training and diet. Brett Contreras at the Glute Lab. Um, he really has put in the work scientifically to show which exercises are the most effective and rep ranges and stuff. So check out Brett Contreras um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, starting strength and barbell medicine, two other places I'll throw out there. And then the hybrid method, Steffi Cohen and her crew down there in Florida, hybrid method, uh, eat, check it out. Starting strength, check it out. Barbell medicine, check it out. Uh, Dan John, his work with mass made simple. If you're looking to get bigger, check it out. And, uh, again, the, the strong lifts five by five, uh, is a, uh, always a great place to start. And then you can build from there. Okay? So don't be a puto. Just suck it up. Um, it kind of leads me down this path. And I wanted to talk about something that is kind of important to me because I've seen it go wrong far too often. Here's the deal. You go into the gym. You're intimidated by it. I get it. I've been there. I've been that guy. You go in the gym, and you're intimidated, and so what do you do? You try to show off in everybody, and you put on way too much weight, and you are struggling to get it up, and you're rounding your back, trying to get up, and you're deadlift, and you're wiggling your bench press, and you're back and forth doing quarter squats instead of full squats. Fuck that. That, that, regardless of the weight, that is way more embarrassing to do in front of people who know their stuff than to get under there with 65 pounds on a squat. I'm not exaggerating. If I see a full-grown you know, college football player, excuse me, a high school football player wants to get bigger and stronger, and I see them doing quarter squats with 225, I'm not impressed. I, don't, I look at that kid and I go, oh, another one. Another one making it. He'll learn. He'll learn when his lumbar is cracked in half and he can't even play football for three weeks because he has slipped discs. I laugh. I roll my eyes internally. I would never want to, you know, humiliate the kid, but I, I'm and internally I'm going, oh, God. I see a guy getting 11 spotters to help him do, essentially they're doing upright rows while he's trying to bench press because they're spotting him completely, and he's got like 225 on, and he weighs 160 pounds, and he has no muscle, and I'm going, oh, yeah. Another guy. What really impresses me it's not the weight. It's when I see someone check their ego in at the door and say, nah, I'm doing this the right way. I see a girl, 125 pounds. She's got 95 pounds on the bar deadlifting with perfect form. F videotaping it, checking her form, butt down, tight lats, pulling it up. It's not the weight. It's, not the, it's that someone knew, they're like, no, nah, I'm doing this for real. I'm doing this the right way. I see a kid... High school football player, 135 max. That's his max on the squat, but he's doing it 
download you let's say he's doing you know he's a strength guy so he's not more of a mass guy he's he's doing low bar squats he's getting his butt back staying on his heels got his feet nice and wide keeping his toes and his knees in the line and his butt's popping and he's really using his glutes and he comes out of the hole i go wow that's what i'm talking about you go kid i'll even go and give him a fist bump and believe me way bigger stronger guys than me are doing the same thing trust me if you train next to mark bell who's you know deadlifting mark and chris is brought they're deadlifting crazy amounts they're squatting crazy amounts man do you think they're impressed by someone with shitty form struggling to get up some certain weight no they're impressed by people who take the time to do it right the people who know what is going to be most beneficial overall I'm that way. I look at those people. I, I, I care less about your fucking weight. I care less about the weight of me and my training. I'm worried about doing it right. And it's harder. It's harder. I probably have a, right now, I don't know, I'm estimating 520 deadlift right now. It's really hard for me to go in and train with 225. But it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do because I can stay and maintain a perfect lumbar position at 225 and I will get stronger and I will keep training my hamstrings because I'm, I'm my, I fail on the lift at the pull, not at the top, at the lockout. So I know, you know, my traps and my upper back are probably doing pretty well, but, uh, you know, my hamstrings are struggling. So I'm training my hamstrings like crazy. I backed off on the weight and I'm really working on my form. And that's the right thing to do. It's not the easy thing to do because it's easier for me to go in and have everybody go, ah, oh, 520. Oh, my God. Really impressive. Doesn't, it doesn't mean much. Okay? Honestly. Any advice for properly healing and not injuring a herniated disc again? Any lifting suggestions? Har Avaki. Um, herniated discs, real herniated discs, you gotta, you gotta stop doing a lot of important exercises. I do think deadlifts are great. I do think squatting is great. If you have a herniated disc, Priority number one is healing herniated disc, okay? I've been there. I've done it, especially when I was really heavily into jujitsu and I was grappling four or five times a week. My lower back was fucked. And all you grapplers out there who have ever been serious about it know exactly what I'm talking about. My lower back just always hurt. And, but I continued squatting heavy anyway because I'm macho and an idiot. And it never got better. And I had to really take the time to work on physical therapy, really analyze things like supplemental lifts and working on my adductors and my hip flexors and all that crap. Um, take, take a deep dive, take a step back, give up on the uh, heavy power lifts for a bit and get back into serviceable shape. That is my advice to you. Uh, all right. I will answer one more question here. I'm switching over to my Instagram so I can find um, one more question here. I have so many, and I certainly appreciate it. And I am not, uh, I'm not overlooking the fact that so many people DM'd me and tweeted me and all that stuff. It's just, it's a bit overwhelming, and I'm having a hard time kind of keeping up with it all. Um, oh, here's a good one. Hey, Mike, saw your post, but I didn't want to leave it in the comment. My suggestion topic for the podcast would be porn addiction and the effects it may have on a stable relationship? Super good question. Super important for your health. Healthy relationships, most important thing to your overall happiness. I stand by that. 
you know, if a professional in the field, mental health professional, wants to disagree with me, I get it. I will take it. I will bow to you and listen. My opinion, as a guy who's been around the block, been super unhappy and been super happy, been in a lot of relationships, strong friendships and relationships with your family and friends, most important thing to your long-term happiness. I mean it. Now, porn kicks ass. I love porn. Watch porn probably every day. It doesn't come without consequences. Porn is not a free lunch. You have these tube sites and stuff that are free, and they give you amazing porn. And if you're a horny dude, which I am, you you are going to want to use said um, sites, and you're going to want to beat off a lot. Beating off... Beating off is like, okay, let's say a relationship is like preparing for a fight, okay? Your relationship is a fight. You're a professional MMA fighter, a professional boxer, whatever it may be. Jacking off is like your strength and conditioning. You definitely want to do it. I get it. It's important. But if you're jacking off or your strength and conditioning detracts from your ability to perform on the night of the fight, you have a real problem. And if your porn habits, your jacking off habits are detracting from your ability to make love with your spouse, with your partner, there's an issue. And it's serious. And it's not something to overlook. Porn is flat out too good. There was only, okay, porn for me is like video games. When I was a kid, I loved video games, but there's there's only so much fucking time you can play Zelda for because Zelda sucks. I played it. I played Metroid. I played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, all my favorites. But after a couple hours, you're like, Jesus, okay, I got to go outside. This is just not, this is not cutting it. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. And, you know, when I was 14, I beat off every day. But there was only so much beating off I could do to a Victoria's Secret catalog. There's really no end to how much you can play Madden 20, you know, 20K or, or Call of Duty or Fortnite. Those games are so awesome. They're so fun. You can play them all goddamn day and completely sacrifice every other facet of your life. The same goes for porn. Porn chicks are so goddamn hot and they are doing so much nasty shit and it's so accessible to you that there's very little limit to how much the average dude can beat off. And it gets dangerous. Okay? I'm not clowning porn. I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from porn. I have friends that are in the industry. I enjoy it. I'm a consumer of porn. But don't kid yourself. If it's taking away from your actual sexual energy instead of bolstering it, you got a problem. And it's real, and porn addiction is real. Been there. My first marriage. I got to a bad place with my first wife, um, and it carried over sexually because I, we were not getting along. And I'm not a cheater. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a cheater. I wanted to really badly. I was horny all day, and every girl I saw I wanted to fuck, but I didn't. So I just beat off all day, four or five times a day. And I had you know full-time work and was 
doing the whole thing. I had a life, and I was still beating up four or five times a day, at the least. Bare minimum. And uh, I got to the point where I didn't even want to look at my wife, let alone go through the process of making love to her. I was so depleted. I really was. No chi, man. No sexual energy. Just depleted it. It's an addiction. I knew I could recognize that I was having consequences, and I still did it anyway. So don't do that. All right, dude, that wraps up. Uh, that wraps up the Q&A portion and also would be wrapping up the interview portion on other episodes where I have a guest. And so now I'd like to move into a segment I like to call Mikey Likes It where I highlight something that I really do like in the world of health and fitness, okay? <clears throat> Grab my guitar here. Yep, yep. Fuck yeah. Motherfucking fuck yeah. Mikey likes it. I don't dislike it. I think it's really, really good. Don't email me and ask me more questions about it because I'm telling you this is fucking awesome. Amen. <clears throat> My Fitness Pal. I recommended it earlier in the show and I'm standing by it. It is such a well-constructed nutritional tracker. If you're interested in tracking your macros, tracking how much calories you, will ha you have, and I think everyone should try it unless you're really far out of the game. If you're really wanting to step it up, everyone should at least get to know how much they are eating and how much is appropriate for them. Everyone has a different metabolic rate. Everyone has a different level of exercise. Everyone has a different level of uh, training experience. Everyone has a different gender. Everyone has a different age. So you got to find out. You got to fine tune it, man and gal. Another thing I will highly recommend, Stan Efferding's Vertical Diet. Now, I know you heard me say there is no such thing as a monolithic, one-size-fits-all diet. That is why I'm recommending Stan's Vertical Diet, because it can fit what you need. It's a rubric. It is a framework to how to on how to construct an appropriate, healthy, high-performance diet, but the one that you need. Okay, it gives you four or five tools to assemble into your personal toolbox the way you want to assemble them. If you are low carb, it works for you. If you're vegan, it works for you. If you are intermittent fasting, it works for you. If you're eating eight times a day, it works for you. Stan Efferding's Vertical Diet, I think the guy has really put in his time to think up what is appropriate for the human body, um, how to avoid supplements and get what you need from real food. The handful of vegetables and fruits that really do, that really should be in your system. The handful of uh, lean proteins that are best and most effective. Vertical diet, okay? So that is Mikey Likes It. I support that. My Fitness Pal. Um, it does cost a little money, but I think it's well worth it. And then Stan Efferding's Vertical Diet. If you are really interested in stepping your game up and finding out what you should be eating, uh, I, I think Stan's a great resource. <clears throat> is it bullshit? You are given so much information. You are given so much. I am going to be your judge, be your taste tester, be your lab rat, and I will tell you if 
something is or is not bullshit. It could be bullshit. It could be not. Is it really cold? Is it really hot? It doesn't matter because I'm going to taste it for you. Is it bullshit? Is it not? I got the info. Yeah, I got the stuff that you need. So don't you beg and plead because I'm giving it to you now. Fuck, it's on ripped. Expect that one to be different every time, too. Uh, bullshit, total bullshit, juice cleanses. Drinking cold-pressed juices exclusively for a period of time is going to help remove toxins from your body? Fuck you. Now, your livers, your kidney... Your kidneys, your livers, your gallbladders, there are many things inside your body that that is what they are designed to do. They're like little coffee filters for everything that you digest. That is why uh, oral steroids are much more harmful than injectables. Even though the injectable ones look scary, they are not metabolized. They are not, you know, 17 alkaloids that are going through your liver like the orals, Okay. You have stuff in your body that that is the that is its exclusive job is to filter out impurities, toxins, whatever you want to call it, certain molecules that your body doesn't like. Now, if you overload your body with said chemicals, there can be problems like psoriasis and liver disease for alcoholics, like liver problems and elevated liver numbers for chronic steroid users or abusers, I should say, like gut health, all that kind of stuff. So. The best thing you can do to detox your body, if that's even a thing, is to continually put things in your body that doesn't overtax the systems in place to detoxify your system. Think of it like the little filter in your air conditioner. Um, the best thing you can do to keep that thing clean, because it's going to work and it's going to filter out stuff no matter what. There's going to be dust particles in the air no matter what. The best thing you can do is to keep your air devoid of impurities that are going to go through the little filter. The same thing goes for the things that you swallow. Try to, by and large, make them things that are chemically appropriate for you and are not going to cause um, overtaxation of the liver, the kidneys, the gallbladders, all these things that are going into making sure that your body is impure. By intaking juices in and of itself, it doesn't increase the level of detoxification. The only thing it does is it provides imbalances for you for things like certain mi micronutrients and amino acids because you're eating fucking fruit juice for four days straight. Stop that. Now, if half a day, one day maybe, you want to have uh, a protein-free day so that you can kind of give your digestive tract a rest, I totally support that. I totally get that. Uh, you know, some certain uh, soups and things that are made from nothing but fresh vegetables and, and juices. I get that. One day. One day. And that is not for detoxification. That is honestly to give your overtaxed um, digestive system and your gut a little bit of a break because when you are in taking higher amounts of protein, you know, it works harder. So all you uh, strength trainers, bodybuilders out there who I do definitely recommend upping your protein intake, 
0.85 grams to every pound of body weight. That's what I recommend. You know, you can go higher and see some benefit. You can go lower and see some benefit, blah, blah, blah. But get your protein up. And when you get your protein up, your, your gut and everything can be uh, a little bit taxed. So you want to give it a break every once in a while. Totally support that. A juice cleanse, suck my dick. Thank you. Bullshit. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to wrap things up. This is my kind of Jerry Springer. Uh, you know when he does that final thoughts at the end of uh, at the end of the show, or Bill Maher does new rules. Well, this is my take. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Um, but every every episode, I'm, I, I I always have stuff that's burning my mind out from the inside out. It, things that are upsetting me, things that I see, little trends that I, I I just don't like. And I will tell you, as someone who's been around the block, sometimes that this stuff isn't good. And here's I, where I will start off. <sighs> Dieting is finding foods that work for you. It is not a religion. It is not a political team. It is not a sports team. It is not an identity. I am so fucking tired of seeing cardio, or excuse me, keto guys fighting with paleo guys, whole 30 people fighting with vegans and vegans fighting with carnivore. That's not what this is about. You are not the food you eat. You are not that person. The food you eat is stuff that you put in your body for fuel to help you feel and look better. That's it. Neither of you is right or wrong or morally better than the other because of what you eat. There is no right or wrong diet. There is how you do it. There's many ways to skin a cat. However you choose to skin said cat, do that. Whatever, how you can skin that cat the longest and the easiest, that is good. Where did the fucking terminology skin the cat come from? I don't want to know. Sounds brutal. But here's my point. I remember when I first started getting into real music. I was probably in like 7th, 8th grade. I started to discover punk rock. I also started to discover like really good classic hard rock and metal. The more and more I would go to the record stores and buy the zines and stuff, I realized, shit, there was a time and a place where you couldn't like Black Flag and Pantera. Because the long-haired metal Hesher dudes, they'll fist fight the, the, the Mohawks. You know, bands came along, crossover bands like Suicidal and, 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 and certainly Motorhead that kind of bridged the gap. But in general, there was these warring factions. Like, you can't, bruh. Hey, brah. You're a Slayer fan, brah? <laughs> totally no effects guy. Okay? I don't like you. you. I got my green hair and my long corduroy shorts, and you've got your ripped up jeans and your flannel and your boots, man. We're not the same. We're not cool. Okay, dude? I don't, if you're into the new wave of British heavy metal, man, can't fucking be in to the Kennedys, brah. Can't fucking be into it, man. You, you're the guy who kicks my ass in front of the 7-Eleven parking lot, man. Okay? We're not the same. And I see the same shit going on with dieting now. Guess what? Metal and punk guys, we worked it out. Now it's totally cool. Okay? All the way up to about 99, you know, especially with like the resurgence of American hardcore in the Northeast and, and in Orange County and stuff, there was a problem. Yeah, you'd see the guys. I, I remember wearing a uh, vulgar display of power shirt to go see. I don't remember. It was a hardcore. But it was like 18 Visions or Bleeding Through, one of those OC hardcore bands. It was a good band, but I like I remember there was like an issue. People were like, nice shirt, fucking jock, bro. But we worked it out. 
Now, you like music, you like it, good. Whatever music you like, whatever makes your ears and subsequently your brain and your heart and your soul feel good, listen to that shit. And the same thing goes for your diet. I'm fucking tired of Carnivore Hank on Twitter with his fucking steak in his avatar talking shit to uh, some endurance runner who eats vegan. Who gives a shit? Are there really red and blue states when it comes to eating now? Grow up. <clears throat> it's not supposed to be like that. We're all on the same team. What are we all trying to do? Look, feel better. It's the most punk rock thing you can do. No longer is working out and eating right like this bro jock meathead thing. Uh-uh. In 2020, the most punk rock fucking anti-establishment middle finger to the man thing you can do is say, no, Nabisco, no, Coca-Cola, no, my boss, who's making me work too many hours and thinks that I can't have healthy foods because it's inconvenient because I'm always constantly on the run and still trying to make enough time for my family. I will not bow down to you and your government subsidies for fucking corn and soy and all the ways that you are having the system as a whole come down on you and make it nearly impossible for you to put healthy food in your mouth and to train and to feel good about yourself, well, you are going to say, doesn't matter. Fuck you. I am going to take care of myself. I'm going to buck the system. Middle finger to you, Nabisco and Nestle and Coca-Cola and Budweiser and Marlboro and every one of you who are like snipers with your accuracy and ability to develop foods that go in my system and taste amazing and trick me into thinking I need more. Nah, nah, nah. Broccoli for me, bro. It really is. In today's day and age, the most fucking punk rock, subversive, kick-ass thing you can do. Take care of yourself. Eat food that is good for you and give a middle finger to the corporations who have designed this food. The fast food corporations, the, the convenience food corporations, all of it, the soda corporation, they have designed this food and they are, like I said, fucking elite snipers. They have the ability to develop the, the certain balance of tastes to make your palate do this wonderful dance and think that it needs more. And, you know, the cards are stacked against you. But you have what it takes. Trust me. Because if I can do it, anyone can do it. Because I'm a fucking idiot. But it's all about taking care of yourself. Putting in the work to know that you can wake up the next morning and be like, yeah, you're goddamn right. It's not about how many abs you have. It's not about how big your biceps are. It's about waking up every single morning, day after day, and going, you're goddamn right. I did what I needed to do to take care of myself and feel good about myself and my wife or my husband, my boyfriend, my daughter, my son, my mom, my dad. You know what? They look at me and they're like, yeah, I admire that fella. I admire that gal. She's not influenced by the easy way out. She's doing what she needs to do. So, there you go. That sums it up. Mikey likes you. I really care about you. It's not just a title. Um, I, I feel very blessed and, and, and happy to, at age 40, feel like I've really stumbled into what I'm best suited for. Uh, I, I've been a professional broadcaster for my entire adult life, 
but this is what I feel happiest doing and talking about. And I'm super invested in, um, in being happy and healthy. And if I can in some way help people to do that, I really feel like that's what I'm here to do. And it's the only thing I'm good at. It's the only thing I've ever been valuable at. And so I said, what, what are my skill set? What do I have to offer? Let me merge the two, and here you go. So please, thank you. you know, thank you for all the support. Download, subscribe, and we are going to build this thing together. And uh, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.